Father, we thank you for each testimony. We thank you for 19 years of marriage here. And, and Lord, uh, just your different workings in our hearts and lives, opportunities to talk to people, opportunities to trust you more. Lord, we thank you for just working in our hearts and lives. And, Lord, blessing our little church here. And, Lord, we're thankful for your goodness in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The rest of us, let's just turn to Psalm 23. Uh, one of the most familiar passages in the Bible. And uh, can't think of a better introduction to Psalm 23 than the song we just sang. And uh, because it talks about the love of God and and uh, I'll tell you, I get a little frustrated when I hear some of these new songs uh, out there. I like the, the one we just sang. I mean, it has a message to it. It actually says something. And uh, someone described many of the new songs as seven eleven songs. Seven words repeated 11 times. Uh, and uh, uh, that's... Uh, the Bible tells us we can sing a new song to the Lord. And, but let's have a song that actually says something. Amen? A song that has meaning in those hymns. Uh, uh, someone said, we need, to sing, we need to sing new music, not the old stuff. Well, we've got almost 800 hymns in that book. And uh, we're, we're not running out of any old material here. Let's just keep it where it ought to be. Amen? Psalm 23, and, and tonight I'd like for us just to walk through uh, the verses of this song, and, and let's just read it in its entirety from the beginning to the end. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. For his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, I'll tell you, this is a, a, a chapter, a, a passage of Scripture. Uh, uh, I don't know that I've ever been to a funeral, saved, unsaved, godly, godless, uh, where the 23rd Psalm wasn't there somewhere uh, in the funeral parlor, on the cards, uh, uh, I remember even watching an old cowboy show, I think it was Bonanza or something like that, and they're going to hang uh, the father, and he's there quoting the 23rd Psalm, and I'm sitting there going, wow, this is out of context, uh, just slightly, because the whole show's about violence and all that other stuff. And um, the, the psalm starts with, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, that idea there of a shepherd denotes a relationship. I mean, we, we in the Western world do not really 
unless you study it, understand that in the Eastern world, in the Jewish world, the shepherd knew his sheep by name. Uh, a shepherd might have a hundred sheep, the Bible tells us. Could you imagine memorizing a hundred sheep names and being able to tell them apart? I mean, sheep look like sheep to me. And Jesus, in John chapter 10, we said, My sheep know my voice, and they follow me. And they tell us that the oriental shepherd, a shepherd as David was, uh, they would have a fold where the sheep would be kept at night, and they may have five or six flocks of sheep in there, maybe even more, literally hundreds of sheep, and each shepherd would call his sheep, and they knew his voice, and he knew the sheep. Like, uh, uh, now today people have these little dogs, and if you have a little dog, that's okay. I, I'm, I, I'm just, uh, I grew up out in the country. If I'm ever going to have a dog, it's going to be full size. I don't like miniature anything. And... and uh, that's why I don't have one here, because there's no room to run and do all those things. And, and, uh, but people have those little dogs, and they'll have them on leashes. and they'll, I mean, they'll just be almost dragging that poor little thing down the street. And every time it sees something it wants to go, they got that uh, little button they push. And uh, I, I watch those things, and they're sitting there pushing that button. All of a sudden, you can see it going, jerking that dog. Uh, so he'll follow them and... And then every once in a while you'll see someone and the dog won't be on a leash. And they'll be talking to the dog and the dog will be following them. How would you like to try to do that with a hundred sheep? That's the kind of shepherd David was. David said, the Lord is my shepherd... And then the next phrase is probably one of the most misunderstood in all the Bible, uh, owing it to the popularity of the passage, I shall not want. Now, the way most people understand that is, the Lord is my shepherd, He's going to give me everything I want. Wrong, you're talking about a shepherd, David wrote this psalm. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. He's going to take better care of me than I do of my sheep. Do you follow that? David says, listen, the Lord is my shepherd. How many of you know the story of David? I wish we could take time to go through all of this, but he at one time had a lion come out of the woods or... Uh, out of the brush and tried to take one of his sheep. And what did David do? David killed the lion and saved the sheep. Another time he had a bear come out and uh, uh, do the same thing. And David put his life on the line to protect the sheep. Um, was thinking about David and Goliath one time, and what did David face Goliath with? He had a shepherd's staff in one hand and a sling in the other. 
I wonder if he took the lion with the sling and, and the bear with the staff. I mean, that would have been two good uh, fighting uh, tools there. Uh, you would want a little distance between you and the uh, lion for sure because of their ability to leap and claw and do all of those things. But uh, David was one that took care of his sheep. And what he's simply saying here is, the Lord is my shepherd. He is going to provide for me. He is going to take care of me. There is going to be no need that I am going to suffer in this life that God is not going to take care of. You know, when is the last time we had that kind of confidence in our Lord? You know what we do most often time? Every time some new problem comes up, it's, Lord, why are you doing this to me? Now, let's go back to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. For without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must, what? Believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God is. And God is good. God is not doing things to you. Unless he has a purpose and a direction and a plan. And the psalmist is echoing that here in Psalm 100 and verse 3. It says, Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And to back up this understanding that the <coughs> excuse me, that the Lord is going to take care of me as a good shepherd, better than any earthly shepherd, it says, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, he leadeth me beside the still waters, he restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, sheep are very simple little creatures. What do they need? They need grass. They need water. They need rest. They need exercise. Uh, What else do sheep need? And so, here is what David is saying. He's just building on this. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. You know, sheep are somewhat timid animals and they need to be cared for. They tell us that if you lead a sheep to a fast-flowing brook, that the movement of the water makes them nervous and they won't drink the water. It has to be still. The little pools alongside the main flow of the creek or the river is where the, the sheep would be able to drink and, and properly get what they need. And the green pastures, and, and of course, David is speaking spiritually here. He said, God takes me places where there's an abundance of, of what I need. Now, what is our spiritual food?
Isn't it the Bible? The Bible is the milk for the newborns. It is the message of salvation for those that have never been saved. It is meat and potatoes for those that are growing and learning and have exercised everything we need. There is more good things in this book that you can learn than you will possibly be able to learn if you spent your whole life studying the Bible. I believe that because that's what my pastor, Brother Thompson, said. And he had studied the Bible for uh, uh, many, many years. I've only been at it since 1982, studying the Bible full time. And I will tell you that there's so much more to learn. And so we, we need to get a hold of this thing. We get busy. We get pressed with all of the things of life. We need to understand that we're actually in an abundance of things that we need to feed us spiritually. Just like a little sheep lying in a great big pasture all to himself. God has given us a book full of good things. And if we'll stop, what's our theme verse for this year? Be still and know that I am God. How many of you have been caught up? So many things going on. Happens to me. I know it happens to you. That we don't have time to be still and take a drink from the cool Refreshing water of the Word. The Bible tells us He restores my soul. How does your soul get restored? Well, obviously, you cannot restore the soul from the outside in. It has to be repaired and fixed from the inside out. Only God can do that. And He will give us grace each and every day, it to live for Him. But we've got to follow the shepherd's direction. You'll notice that He is the one that maketh me to lie down. He is the one that leadeth me. He is the one that restoreth my soul. And I, I love verse 3, the second half of this verse. It says, He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. Now, what is that last phrase there? For His name's sake. You know, there's a reason why God wants you to live as a Christian. Have you ever thought about that? He wants people that you meet to think better of Jesus because they've met you. That's what this phrase means, doesn't it? He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. Why? For his name's sake. David was saying, listen, I want people to think more of the God of Israel because of the life that I have lived. And you stop and you think about that. It wasn't all just sweetness and sugar. Remember what he said to Goliath? 
as he was facing him on the battlefield, he said, I want everyone, he said, I want the Philistines to know that they have defied the God of Israel. And it really helped when a 16-year-old boy killed their seasoned and professional soldier giant and stood up on him and got that big sword that was in Goliath's uh, sheath and took it out. Goliath wasn't going to need it anymore. And uh, took care of the issue of the day. And what happened to the Philistine army? They were going, we messed with the wrong guy. We messed with the wrong God. And they lost the battle. God leads us in the paths of righteousness for His namesake. You see, we went through the book of Philippians this, this summer. It says, But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory. By Christ Jesus. Hebrews says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to say, to help in time of need. God wants to supply our needs. He wants to give us these things. He wants us to be well cared for. He will lead us in the paths of righteousness. Because he wants people to think better of Jesus because they've met someone that's walking with him. You know, no one can see God, but they can see you. And this is the kind of shepherd that Jesus is. And this is the good shepherd that is described. In these verses, we often... Quote uh, verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Uh, Wait a minute. Can we go back a minute? How did you get in the valley of the shadow of death? Well, the same one that led you beside the still waters, the same one that led you into the green pastures, sometimes leads us through the valley of the shadow of death. Why do we fear no evil? Because he is my shepherd. He's taking care of me. I trust him to supply my needs. It says, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff They comfort me. Now, I I love that phrase, the the shepherd's rod and staff. Actually, it's just a poetic way of talking about the same item. The staff and the rod were uh, just two different names for the thing that the shepherd carried. Uh, uh, Usually, they paint all these pictures with a beautiful hook around the end of the uh, shepherd's rod there or staff, whatever it was. But most of the time, it was just a very long, sturdy stick. 
And uh, it had very many uses as the shepherd uh, would use it. One of the things that was often a danger was snakes. Tell you what, good long rod in the hand of someone knows how to use it will take care of a snake any day. And uh, the longer the rod, the farther you are from the snake. Amen? And so the, the idea here is of the rod and the staff. That's God's laws. You say, well, where do you get that from? How many of you have ever read Psalm 119? Uh, we believe David wrote Psalm 119 as well. Every verse refers to the influence of God's words in the life of the psalmist. 176 verses long. Oftentimes, he said, I get comfort from thy commandments, thy statutes. Uh, and, and talks about how God's laws... We live, we talk about living under grace, and we do. We are no longer under the law of God, uh, not because it's been done away with or needed to be uh, uh, anything uh, to the law, but Jesus fulfilled every uh, uh, requirement of the law. That's when he was on the cross. He said, it is finished. That's what he was talking about. But let me put it this way. How many of you have ever driven up in the mountains? I mean, real, real mountains where it could be a thousand foot, right right down to the bottom. How many of you like guardrails? Uh, I think, Andrew, were you with me when we drove to California that time? Or were you already in Bible school? Okay. But... Um, we, we actually were driving to a preacher's meeting in California. I had the family with me, and we did a little sightseeing, and we stopped. And we drove through Death Valley, and uh, which was really cool, and saw all that stuff, and it was blazing hot, and it was in February, so everything was cold until we got there. And then they told us this road to take out of Death Valley. And he said, you'll, you'll love it. He said, it'll save you from having to drive through the mountains. And I said, wow, this is great. And so I'm driving. You could have put a bungee cord on the steering wheel. That's how straight the road was. And just sat there for about 45 miles. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere. How many of you know what a switchback is? That's where you drive this way. And then you go this way and this way and this way and this way and this way. And there was not a guardrail to be found. And I mean, we were just going up and up and up and up. And came around this curve and it was 10 o'clock at night right now. And, and there was just nothing. I mean, I'm looking for a place to pull off. And I said, oh, here's a place. And, and, and I just get ready to pull off and realize there's no road over there. And, and just terrified me. I, I mean, I was scared. I really was. You know, and I'm thinking, boy, I, I like guardrails. Uh, I, I wish there were some barriers up right now. I wish somebody had warned me about this mountain before it showed up. It got down the other side. 
another 40 miles. Just flat, straight, not a curve uh, until we got to the little town there. And then it was back on the highway and right on our way. But, you know, the most terrible thing you can do to a young teenager growing up is remove all the boundaries. You want to destroy a kid, just give them whatever they want and let them do whatever they want. Children need boundaries. And by the way, you do too. I do too. That's what it's talking about, the rod and the staff. They comfort me. Why? Because they show me where the edge of the road is. And, you know, oftentimes the shepherd would have to, with that rod, as a sheep would get too close to the edge, sometimes he would reach out with that rod and give a little whack, maybe in the hinder quarter panels of, uh, of that little lamb and get him back in the road again there and, and make sure that he was walking in the way. The Bible says, hey, thy rod and thy staff. They comfort me. They not only offer protection from predators and snakes and all of those other things, God will also use them to keep me in the way. You see, we need direction in our lives. We need God to box us in a little bit. This flesh that we have has desires and, uh, and likes to go places and do things that God would rather not have us do. And if we will allow it, uh, let's just take a minute here and get this because it's getting really quiet here. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 12. This is also in the book of Proverbs as well. Hebrews 12 starts out with telling us to run the race. And verse 5 says, And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he... Whom the Father chasteneth not. Uh, that's the Bible is telling us here that, that God will correct us. He will keep us in the way. And walking through that valley of the shadow of death, I don't need to be afraid. Why? Because He's with me. Just like He led me in the green pastures, He'll lead me through the dark valley. His rod and His staff will comfort me. Sometimes the Lord has to move us. He has to chastise us. He has to give us a spanking, as we might say, to get us in the way. And, of course, that's not a physical thing. It's a spiritual thing. Sometimes you wonder, wait a minute, is the Lord trying to get a hold of me? And 
Sometimes the Lord does use circumstances to move us in the way. Then we get to verse 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. You know, when you have problems, uh, I guess the word is agita, right? You get all messed up inside. What is the first thing that you lose when you get upset about something? The ability to enjoy a good meal. How many of you have been so upset about something you couldn't eat? Well, right here it says that the good shepherd prepares a table for me in the presence of mine enemies. David says, listen, I can be trusting in the goodness and the protection of my shepherd enough to enjoy a meal while my enemy's knocking on the front door. How many would say, I'd like to grow to that point in my faith? My hand's up tonight. Uh, I would. I, I want to. Uh, one of the devil's greatest tactics is just bullying, threatening. They're going to, you know. Hey, wait a minute. It says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. I don't have to get upset like everybody else gets upset uh, if I'm under the care of the shepherd. Amen? If I am following my shepherd because... He has anointed my head with oil. That was specially for two people. That was for the priest. They had to have their head anointed with oil. They had to be consecrated to the priesthood. And how many of you remember the story of Samuel? Uh, where he went to anoint David. He got his brothers. And I believe he got them in a circle facing out. So that nobody knew what was going on. And... Then the elderly Samuel reached into his robe and poured out a horn of oil and poured it over David's head and says, you're going to be the next king of Israel. Could you imagine telling a 13-year-old boy, David was about that age, that he was going to be the next king of Israel? Now, it wouldn't be, if he was 13, it'd be another 17 years before he became king. It would be three or four years before he met Goliath, and then he would be elevated in the house of Saul up to the chief of the army and all of that, and then chased for his very life for years until Saul was killed in battle and David finally became the king. You see... What's the book of Revelation say? Thou hast made us what? Kings and priests unto our God. 
Paul put it this way in Romans chapter 8, If God be for us, who can be against us? We get worried about all kinds of things. And we're going to have our prayer request in just a few minutes. And guess what? We're going to talk about those things because it's better to pray about something than it is to worry about it. Amen? And we need to give those cares to Him, but we need to understand that He has chosen us. And He has prepared us for our ministry, and He will keep us. When is the last time? Um, Tuesday night is, is our Thanksgiving service. Now, I would suggest that you get started now thinking about some things that you could be thankful for. Some good, solid testimonies of something that God has done in your life this last year. Be thinking about that. That's, that's what we need to do on Tuesday night. Let's, let's come prepared. With more than God answers prayer. Yes, He does. And we want to praise Him. And we never, and, and we're so glad that we don't have to give all the details to every prayer God has answered. Amen? But let's be thinking about something solid that God has done. And that's what it's saying here. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. If we only would pay attention to all the good things that God has already done. We wouldn't be anywhere near so worried about what we face. Amen? I mean, every so often, man, I've, I've, I'll just be honest, I've gotten tired and worn out and discouraged over at Union. When is this thing ever going to be done? And then I started thinking about all the work that it took to get the cornice up. And it's up. All the work it took to get the roof on. All the work it took to get the asbestos out. And, and then I start thinking about all the things God's done in this building and for our church. And you know what? I'm going to keep rolling. God has done so much more for me than I could ever do for Him. So I'm just going to keep serving Him. You see... The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He's going to take care of me. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And by the way, if you're walking in the paths of righteousness, you don't have time to walk in the paths of unrighteousness. Whole nother sermon, but we'll keep moving. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because the same one that led me through the pasture is leading me through the valley. Amen? I've got some boundaries. I've got some rules. I, I've got some things that will correct me and keep me in the way. I've got some protection in the pages of this book called the Bible. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. If I would be more impressed with the presence of Jesus 
than I worry about the threats of man, I'd be able to enjoy that meal that is set before me. You know, I wonder how many times David looked at the circumstances he was in as he was fleeing for his life and went back to that time when saw a Samuel poured that oil on his head and said, you're going to be the king. He said, God says I'm going to be the king. I'm not quitting now, even at Ziklag, when he had lost everything, all of his family, every possession had been taken by, by the Amalekites. All of his men even spake of stoning him for the same thing had happened. And yet, David kept moving. He said, you've anointed my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, the writer of Revelation adds a little bit to that house, doesn't it? And Jesus in John chapter 14 said, In my Father's house are many what? Many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Guess what? This life isn't all there is. The little bit that I may suffer in this life is absolutely not even worthy to be mentioned with the glory that will follow if I will choose to live in the protection of the shepherd. Now, I know you know these things. Nothing new tonight. But I don't know about you. I just needed to be reminded. Because the way does get long. Sometimes the valley does get dark. But I'll tell you what, he never quits being the good shepherd. And all God's people say, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight and we thank you for this psalm. We thank you for, Lord, just six short verses and all of the beauty and wonder that is there. And Lord, we just ask that you would help us to hear the voice of the shepherd and to follow him. Before we finish that prayer, if you'd like to add any of your own about your own life, you may come up to the altar or just sit there in your seat and then we'll get into our prayer time tonight.